0: Let's go ahead and get started. Would you open God's precious Holy Word to the Revelation 16? We're uh, observing here the final hours, the final days of planet Earth as it has been known. The times of the Gentiles. Seven bowls of wrath are going to be poured out quickly. We'll look at uh, five of them tonight, God willing. Now I heard a loud voice from the temple. Now that's the voice of God. That's where God is. He's in the temple in heaven. That's where his throne is. Saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the seven bowls of the wrath of God into the earth. None but God himself would assume the responsibility to finally pour out his wrath. It had been said long ago that his was the vengeance. Vengeance belonged to him. And now his vengeance will be poured out the wrath of God. There we go. I had a drum. I had a little bongo going there for a minute. And the first, that is the first angel, departed and poured out his bowl into the earth. And an evil, grievous, ulcerous sore came upon the men having the mark of the beast and those worshiping its image. This... This is this is a judgment that has been seen somewhat previously but it wouldn't compare I'm sure to this particular judgment. So you think about this. There are a few tribulation there are a few gentile tribulation believers who have not yet died. There is a company of Israelite believers who have not died they are I would expect fairly small in number compared to the rest of the earth dwellers the unbelievers this of course this company of people will comprise the vast population of what's left on planet earth so they develop a horrible sore on their skin. The, the, the word up there, uh, helcus, we get our word ulcer from that, but it, it's also used to describe uh, leprous type sores. So this is the kind of thing that just eats away at the skin and everybody in the world except those few believers who are hidden, everybody in the world comes down with this sore. That's the first bowl of wrath. All the unsaved people are turning into a scab. All right? An oozing scab. Can I make that any worse? I don't know. A, a uh putrid, oozing, ulcerous scab. How's that? Okay, you got it. All right, thank you. I just, want, I just want you to understand it's bad. It's just really bad. And the second poured out his bowl into the sea, and it became blood as of one dead. Now the language is telling us that The sea now is, is dark, darker color because of the description as of one dead, it's, uh, it's coagulated. So now it's, 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 it's dead. It's blood of a dead person and the blood of a dead person begins to canker and thicken quickly. So now the ocean's a scab, right? Turning into one. And every living soul that was in the sea died. Probably the, the sea had somewhat recovered, although not everything in the sea was dead at this point, but now it is. If you can imagine all of the creatures in the sea dying just then, all of them, what happens? Well, they bloat, they float to the top. The whatever little slow tide from coagulated blood brings them into the shorelines and they stink. The conditions are unimaginable. Already the world is suffering from a shortage of water. We've seen that previously in the seals and the trumpets. Uh, And then the two witnesses held back the rain for, for those years. So the the world is suffering already. But now they don't have any source of water from salt water. They don't have any fish they can eat. But it gets worse. And the third poured out his bowl into the rivers and the springs of the waters and they became blood. So now there's no water to drink anywhere in the world. None. No water supply. And I heard the angel of the waters say... You are righteous. The one being and having been. Maybe your translation says. The one who is and who was. The holy one. Because you have judged these things. Because they have poured out the blood of saints. And of prophets. And you have given them blood to drink. They are worthy. I can only speak for the years in which I've lived and more focused on the times which I have been involved in pastoral and theological studies. But it seems as though in the last 50, 60 years, there has been an increase among the human race, a rise in voices protesting how God treats people. It's laughable, frankly. The thing is, not one single person who has ever lived as the son of Adam deserves anything. We deserve the absolute worst. We don't deserve anything that's good from the hand of God. That said, still people, and it seems to me on an increasing basis over the last 50, 60 years, have just practically cursed God, the concept of God, because of the suffering of people. If you read the Bible, you'll understand the plight of man and you'll even understand Why though there is there nobody's good, but people say, well, why do good people suffer? You you're asking a question that's really not a, not a question. But if you, if you just try to, if you try to take the, make, make yourself understand the depraved mindset, people consider other people good or whatever, and they see them suffering all this kind of thing. And the unfairness of God has been a subject probably since the beginning of history. The unfairness of God in the minds of fallen people. To even, to even question God is, a, is it borders on a, blas, a blasphemy. But here is here the angel of the waters. I, I, he's probably a beautiful creature, this angel of the waters. That's a lovely title, the angel of the waters. Now there's no fresh water. There's no water left, really, unless somebody has a few bottles in the fridge or whatever. By his saying what he says, you can hear what the world is saying. But this angel declares, you are righteous, the one being and having been, in other words, the eternal one, the holy one, because you have judged these things. This is a time of judgment. The people of God, the word of God have been warning the world of coming judgment. I mentioned earlier, God even said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. We are reminded in the scriptures and especially in Hebrews 11 of how the the prophets and the saints of God have been mistreated by the world. Cruelly, cruelly tormented, tortured and slain by the world. And God has restrained his wrath. God has a purpose. God has an appointed time. And we are in that time here when we study that the time has come. Been telling them. They should have known. So the testimony of the angel of the waters comes out. And the testimony is, you are a just God. You are at last revealing your holiness and righteousness. You see you see what he calls him, the Holy One. Because you have judged these things. God could not be holy and let these things go unjudged. Now how God will judge them is in the hand of God. It's not my business, it's God's business. You've done the right thing. You are holy and true and righteous. And you've judged these things. And one reason that nobody has anything but spoiled blood to drink now is because they have poured out the blood of saints and of prophets and the very generation alive at that time will have been guilty of the same. The tribulation saints killed the two witnesses. I'm sure sought and pursued and tried to kill the 144,000. And now you have given them blood to drink. They're worthy. This is the right thing for them. Let them drink the blood that they have required of your people through the ages. Now, that's the third bowl of wrath. And I heard the altar saying, yes, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. You remember we saw those people under the altar a few chapters back. They were were the first of the tribulation saints and they were asking the question, how long before you avenge our blood? And the Lord said to them, rest a little while until the rest of your company is gathered in. Well, what we're being told is is that all of the tribulation saints who have been martyred and who have been killed and, and have died have been gathered in. And so their question has been answered by the the bowl of wrath. This third bowl of wrath has just been poured out. And so now, having, having observed and experienced the answer of the Lord God, their blood, the angel of the waters makes the testimony. You did the right thing. They required the blood of your people and your prophets and your saints. Now you've given them, you've given them Spoiled, dead man's blood to drink. And so now, this is the natural response. The question was answered. And so the response to the answer comes from the altar where the souls of those were seen, if you recall. Yes, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. Now, now, It would seem to me that the tribulation saints are satisfied in how they died and how God has responded. And the fourth poured out his bowl upon the sun and there was given to it to scorch the men with fire. And the men were scorched with great heat and they cursed the name of God, the one having authority over these plagues. And they did not repent to give him glory. I can only imagine what it would be like for people to be covered with ulcerous oozing sores. And then something happens to raise the heat and make it very hot everywhere. I'm sure even to the point that even the the ice caps would melt. Great heat. Maybe maybe then really the the water level would rise, whatever. How did they respond? They cursed the name of God the one who had authority over the plagues. They did not repent to give him glory. Do you know I already see seeds of that spirit today? I saw on Facebook the picture of a young, she appeared to be a co-ed. She was that age anyway, young, young woman. Marching with one of these groups and she held up a placard that said, going to hell and proud. A professor was quoted as saying that if he could go back in time, he would assassinate Jesus. I tell you, that's kind of funny. Uh, That's what they did, but it didn't help them any. Um, Another guy, this man appeared to be maybe in his 30s, held up a placard and it said, Let Jesus come back and we will kill him again. I've seen other things as well, but you get the idea. I could have never dreamed, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, I could have never dreamed that people would be so blasphemous. They're painting uh, pentagrams and satanic sayings on churches and synagogues across America. I've seen many, many pictures of it. I saw where a Catholic priest, an older man, was jumped by several younger, stronger men and nearly beaten to death just because he was a Catholic priest. I mentioned Wednesday night that I believe we are, we are witnessing the closing of the times of the Gentiles in more than one, not just politically. But, you know, I, and I, to say again what I said then, the Lord, Israel became blind and hard-hearted and the Lord turned to the Gentiles. And there's been a, there's been a, a, great, a, a great intake of Gentiles in the times of the Gentiles, but the Bible tells us there comes a fullness of the times of the Gentiles. So the implication would be that what happened to Israel will happen to the Gentiles at the close of the age of the Gentiles. That is, the Gentiles will hate God. They'll turn against God. They will despise his they will despise his salvation. Just like the Jews did. But now as the Lord for the last seven years comes to the Jew, the time of the Gentiles comes to a close in more ways than you might think. And this is what we see here, the times of the nations, where the nations just rising up in opposition against God and his Christ, blasphemously so, across the world, not just in one nation or another, but across the world, And they cursed the name of God. The one having authority over the plagues. Now that statement there tells you they should have repented. But they were were gone. It's it's over for them. They did not repent. To give him glory. And the fifth poured out his bowl upon the throne of the beast. And its kingdom became darkened. Now you see of those earth dwellers. The only hope they have left is their God, energized by Satan, the Antichrist, and then, of course, the dragon. And the kingdom that he has established, the last of the Gentile power, the end of it. That's the only thing they have left. The system, Babylon, that has, that has been established and that has, has run the souls and lives of men for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. That would be all they have left, but the power of the kingdom of the Antichrist loses its power. Its kingdom became darkened, and they were gnawing their tongues for the distress, and they cursed the God of heaven on account of their distresses. Do we not lower it? Do we not already live in an era where everybody else is responsible? For my pain, it's never my fault. Well, it, it 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 reaches its apex here. Curse the God of Heaven on account of their distresses and on account of their sores, and they did not repent of their works. Unrepentant. Now there are two bowls of wrath left, and the fact that the kingdom is darkened has details about it that we will see, and we'll study that as we get into the next couple of chapters. Namely, the false religion that the Antichrist has been riding on with his false prophet, the false religion and the world economic system, uh, the world system uh, that is Antichrist, that he has in, through which he has enjoyed power, and in which... Elitists of Gentile powers have enjoyed power for no telling how long. And we're probably in the throes of it even now. So all of that comes to an end. God darkens it because the only righteous, true, happy, joyful, wonderful kingdom is the kingdom of our Lord and our Savior and our King, Jesus Christ. All of this is shutting down because there's a new kingdom about to take its place. And what? They cursed the God of heaven. Did not repent of their works. We'll have an explanation of the collapse of false religion and the collapse of world economy. And, and then we will have a, a fairly graphic dis- description of the final collapse Of the Gentile power at the Battle of Armageddon. In the Revelation 19, we're in chapter 16. In Revelation 19, Christ comes in glory and in power with His saints and His angels, and establishes His kingdom. And then quickly moves. There's just a phrase about a thousand years, the thousand years, and then a description of the new heaven. And the new earth. Well, we'll we'll close here, and uh, we'll be through for the night. Okay, let's pray. Father, we marvel at your word. We are in awe of your word. We are convicted by it. We cannot help but think that the hour is late because we see so much of the spirit of Antichrist already in this world. So strengthen us in these last days. Increase our faith and use us for your glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.